Our scripture this morning will come from the first chapter of John's Gospel, verses 35 to 51. Let us prepare our hearts and minds for the reading of scripture. The next day, John again was standing with two of his disciples, and as he watched Jesus walk by, he exclaimed, look, here is the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, what are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, come and see. They came and saw where he was staying, and they remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which is translated anointed. He brought Simon to Jesus, who looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You are to be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him about whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, he said of him, Here is truly an Israelite to whom there is no deceit. Nathanael asked him, Where did you get to know me? Jesus answered, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered, Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. And Jesus said to him, Very truly I tell you, you will see heaven opened, and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. The Word of God for the people of God. What are you looking for? We're all looking for something, right? There was a large portion of my life when I didn't know the answer to that question. I wasn't on the right path, but I wasn't necessarily on the wrong path. I was just kind of aimless, just kind of wandering around. I'm thinking specifically about my early college years right here at Coastal Carolina. I didn't really go to church in those days, discipleship, Christianity, Jesus. None of that was really a part of my vocabulary back then. I would have identified as a Christian vaguely, but I wasn't doing anything particularly Christian 
I was just going through the motions on autopilot, so to speak. I was drinking more than I should. I was laying around more than I should, not really motivated. I was doing just enough to get by. I had it down to a science on how to make a C in a class. In those days, my roommates had dogs, and I'd walk them on these hiking trails nearby in the Cox Ferry Lake Recreation Area. I probably did that a hundred times, same route every time. There was this particular spot on the trail where the path forked, and between that fork was this very large tree. Like I said, I, I passed by that tree countless times, always looking up to it as I went by. One particular day, when I was in the throes of apathy and aimlessness, I was walking the trail with one of the pups, Rocky was his name, a big boxer mix. We got to the tree, I glanced at it and tried to continue on my way. Then all of a sudden, Rocky stopped. This was unlike Rocky, as he always stayed on the move, always pulling me and dragging me around, getting into everything. But I looked down, and he was still. He assumed a kind of pointing position, like a, like a hunting dog fixated on something. I, I tugged at the leash, but he wasn't budging. He just stood there, motionless, staring. I'm not going to lie, I started to get kind of nervous. Did he hear something, see something? Is, is some large forest beast about to come bounding out of the woods and eat me alive? I'm looking around, wide-eyed, waiting for something to happen, listening for a breaking twig or something. Eventually, I realized Rocky was staring at the tree. That, that big tree we had gone by many times before. What do you see, boy? What is it? I asked. Slowly, we approached the tree, and, and I noticed something there that wasn't there the last time I had passed by. In big, deep letters, someone had carved, presumably with a knife, a, a single verse of Scripture right there in the trunk. John 14. John 14, 6. Huh. I went home, looked it up, and it says, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And after dwelling on that for a couple of days, I couldn't shake the feeling that Something important happened. You know what I mean? I, I said to myself, this means something. I proceeded to read the entire Gospel of John, front to back, the first time I had ever read any book of the Bible in its entirety in one sitting. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's how John's gospel opened. And that experience got the ball rolling 
things began to change. I gradually developed this hunger, this thirst for the Word of God. I began to see, I began to look intently at the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. I eventually chose to follow Him, and my life has played out in a way I never could have imagined. And I haven't shared this story with anyone before. Even when I was practicing this sermon on my wife for like the third time, she had never heard this story. But in light of our scripture this morning, I think, I think Jesus walked by me that day. Or rather, I walked by Jesus. Just how Jesus walked by John and his disciples. So where are you going? What are you looking for? Has Jesus ever walked by you? Today marks the beginning of our new sermon series called Recalculating, Moving Toward a Faithful Destination. Maybe the word recalculating reminds you of a GPS. You're, you're trying to get somewhere, you're, you're following the directions, and all of a sudden it says recalculating. And you find yourself heading in a new direction. For some of us, that can be a moment of anxiety. And yet, that's kind of what finding Jesus, or rather, Jesus finding you, looks like. Our scripture today is about the calling and gathering of Jesus' first disciples. It is a story about discipleship. And if we want to know our destination as Christians, then we have to talk about discipleship. Discipleship is the means by which we see our destination. Not only our own personal experience of discipleship, but our efforts to make disciples as well. Disciples are those who have been called to see and then give testimony to what they have seen. Disciples are those who have come to believe through the gift of faith and then by their witness and good works enable others to come and believe. All of this is part and parcel of God's mission unfolding throughout history. To discover this is to discover your own identity. We discover our identity and therefore our destination when we come to see who Christ is. And as we come to see who Christ is, our spiritual vision is developed in such a way as to see the divine presence, both in Jesus and wherever creation itself is being hallowed. The decision to be a disciple is inseparable from the decision one makes about Jesus' identity. What we do as Christians determines who we believe Jesus is. These stories remind us that The journey 
of discipleship is an active engagement with Jesus. What marks Nathaniel as a disciple is that he knows who Jesus is, that he sees that the man from Nazareth is, in fact, the Son of God. One's identity as a disciple is grounded in the identity of Jesus. To follow Jesus is to say, Jesus Christ is Lord. And we like to think, we like to think we're the ones looking for Jesus. We're trying to initiate a relationship with Jesus. It's all on us. We, we better get to church and figure out where Jesus is. Where are you staying, right? The disciples ask. But here's the thing. Jesus has already found us. Jesus already knows us. Just like Jesus already knew Nathaniel. Where did you get to know me? Says Dan, Nathaniel. Jesus is walking by us right now. Just like he walked by Andrew, Peter, and Philip, and all the other disciples. How, how many of us are looking under rocks when there's a burning bush right beside us? How many of us have our faces buried in outdated roadmaps as the signs are passing by overhead? Turn here, this way, stop now, Jesus Christ, next exit. In big blinking lights, but we just keep going. We're looking the other way. Right now, at this very moment, Jesus is beckoning you to follow him. He is present in your life. So getting back on track, recalculating yourself to a faithful destination is about asking the right questions. The disciples learn that, don't they, in this morning's scripture. It's all about the questions you ask. Maybe the right question is not, where can I find Jesus? But rather, how do I say yes to Jesus? How do I say yes to a Savior who has already said yes to me? To say yes to Jesus is to fully believe that Jesus Christ is the Word of God, the Son of God, God incarnate. Nathaniel says, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. And if you really believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, if you really say yes to his invitation to come and follow, your life will be dramatically recalculated, redirected in ways you'd never imagine. You will see greater things than these, says Jesus. Our destination is wherever Christ would lead us. Places where the word can be preached, the marginalized can be helped, and the faithful can be called into service. Jesus knows he's on the right path by virtue of the people he encounters along the way. Our destination is wherever the cross casts its shadow. 
our destination is not merely the, the, this individual pursuit of, of happiness or holiness. It's not merely about our personal experiences of faith. The Bible is not a self-help book to make you more interesting. It, it's about the body of Christ. We are members of that body. And if the actual physical body of Jesus Christ took up a cross in this life, then we too must take up our cross. And if the body of Christ is ultimately headed towards the kingdom of God, then we too must be headed there as well. And yet, it's a two-way street. The destination is heading towards us just as we are heading towards it. Jesus says the kingdom of God is near. It can be glimpsed even now here on earth. We can and are participating in the coming of God's kingdom here and now. I like to think of it as like a Venn diagram, right? We have, we have the world as we've made it. We have this new heaven and new earth that God has envisioned. And it's rapidly encroaching, this sphere subsuming the other. And we're sort of in, the, in that in-between space, the, the not quite yet, right? The sort of precarious position of being a Christian, living in two different worlds. God is going to get what God wants. The kingdom's coming. But wouldn't you like to be aware of it? Wouldn't you like to participate in its unfolding? Wouldn't you like to experience the inbreaking of God's kingdom in the fullest way possible? Not at the 11th hour, not at the last minute, not by surprise. Just as God prepared Jesus for the cross. Should we not prepare ourselves through a lifetime of discipleship and disciple making? And it's inevitable that will veer off the path that leads to life eternal. We're human. We're broken. But we worship a God who continues to reshape us, to rework us, to recalculate us back into a faithful relationship, a, a faithful destination in and through Jesus Christ. Therefore, follow me says Jesus. I am the way. Walk with me for a while. Come and see where I am going. The path isn't quite what you'd expect it to be. We'll go to unlikely places in unexpected ways. Likewise, the path won't always be easy. It'll require sacrifice. You'll experience loss. Persecution, even. But the seeds we plant along this way will one day transform the world and that great harvest to come. The great harvest that is coming now. In this season of Lent, we reflect seriously on the radically difficult and sacrificial nature of Christ's earthly ministry. With somber hearts, we realize his ministry is headed to the cross. From the moment Jesus Christ comes out of that water, baptized, and takes his first step, he is walking to the cross. 
But we're not just passive onlookers, are we? We're called to participate, to replicate, to imitate. We're called to join up and to follow in his footsteps. The risen Lord continues to walk by us, to beckon us, to commandeer our lives for the sake of love, not love of self, love of neighbor, love of God, a love that transcends human brokenness, political corruption, societal injustice. God is using us right now to get what God wants. And God wants that eternal reign of God's kingdom here on earth. You will see greater things than these, says Jesus. Very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. So in light of that promise, in light of that vision, maybe today is the last day Jesus walks by us unseen, unnoticed. Maybe today is the day we get back on course. Maybe today is the day we let God recalculate our path. Let's follow Jesus. And let's not follow Jesus alone, but together. Whether through valleys or mountaintops or on peaceful or stormy seas, let's move as one community, one body, to that faithful destination, the, the loving arms of God the Father Almighty. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, whose love for us will soon be revealed on a certain hill just outside of Jerusalem. Let us pray. Father God, we, each of us, are people with a story, and it's a story worth telling. And Father, you call us to tell that story in your community, to bear witness, to give testimony to how Jesus has walked by us in life and how we are trying to follow. Father, I ask that you would continue to bless us on this difficult journey of discipleship, this lifelong journey where we continue to grow and mature and transform in our faith. Father, we know the journey is difficult. We know it leads 